theyeshiva.net. So the Rambam, in Hilchis Malachim Perikid Beis, the last chapter of Rambam's Mishnah Torah, he begins, Al Yala Al Halev, don't think that in the days of Mashiach, don't think that in the days of Mashiach, anything from the natural world order is going to be nullified or obliterated, and there's going to be revolutions and innovations in the work of creation. No. Even in the days of Mashiach, the world is going to follow the natural order of things. Then he asks the question, it says in Yeshaya clearly, Yeshaya Perikud Aleph Isaiah eleven Vigarzevim Kevesh that after Mashiach comes, the wolf is going to live with the lamb. And the Rambam says it's a metaphor, it's a parable, that the wolves and the lambs within human civilization are going to live together, dwell together in peace. Anti-Semitism will cease. He says the wicked people from the idolaters will make peace. There will be security in the world. The Jewish people will be able to live in safety, even with people who were oppressive in the past. And then the Rambam says, all of these psukim, similar statements about the theme of Mashiach, Mashiach, are all metaphors. And when Mashiach comes, in the days of Mashiach, we will become aware of what exactly each metaphor and parable was intimating. And then the Rambam continues, Amru Chachamim and Allah Chabez, Amru Chachamim, our sages said, there's no difference between this world and the days of Mashiach. Only in one area, Shibud Malchi is the subjugation of the kingdoms, meaning that the Jewish people at last will be completely liberated and emancipated, living in freedom and security in their own homeland. This is the opening two halachas of the Rambam, Hilchis, Perikid Beis, and the continuation on this theme, which we learned in the previous shir, why the Rambam negates the Mashiach miracles, part one, which it would be appropriate for you to review and be, before you do this one, or after you do this one, because it's a full picture. Last week, we began learning the Sicha, the talk, the shir of the Lubavitcher Rebbe on this Rambam, Presented in the month of Nisan, Tov Shalom at Gimel 1973, printed in Lakut Volume 27, Parshas Bichukaisai. Because Bichukaisai has the Psukim that deal with a major theme of this discussion. And later in the Kuntras Dvar Malchus, Chidushim on Rambam, Hilchais Melachim. We learned last time in the first year all of the questions that the Labavitcher Rebbe asks on this Rambam. And we learned it at length in many details today. We're going to go to the last question and then to the answer. What were the major questions? And this is going to be a very brief summation. The major questions is, how can the Rambam unequivocally state that when Mashiach comes, nature will retain its strict order just like it does today, before the coming of Mashiach, when there's a clear statements of our sages that apparently contradict us. Clearly derives from the Psukim when Mashiach comes, Ilan Israq. All barren trees are going to produce fruits. It's the end of Masachis Ksuvis, Ribchia, the son of Abba, said in the name of Rav. All the barren fruits in Eretz Yisrael are going to produce fruits. And he brings the Pasik from Yoel, the prophet Yoel, to prove it. So you could answer, it's also a metaphor. 
It's also a metaphor. It doesn't mean literally barren, barren trees will give fruits. It's all a metaphor, as the Rebbe suggests, what this metaphor may mean. But it's very difficult to say this, because if you read the Teres Koyen, and we read the Mesech Tiksuvis, the context is within a discussion of many things that are going to happen when Mashiach comes, which are all concrete, physical, earthly, not just metaphors for various events that will transpire, not in the physical, practical sense. He brought another answer from the Radvaz. The Radvaz answers the question of the Ravid on the Rambam. How can the Rambam say there won't be any miracles? The Pasuk says, It's again in Mechukaisai. The Pasuk says, I'm going to eliminate all the wild beasts from the land. So the Radvaz says, there's a difference between Eretz Yisrael and the Diaspora. In Chutzlar, it's outside of Eretz Yisrael. The Rambam is, of course, right. No miracles. In Eretz Yisrael, over there, there's going to be a special exception. min ha'oretz. Min ha'aretz, from the land there won't be any wild animals, but everywhere else there will be. And therefore the Rambam says, outside of Eretz Yisrael, all the prophecies about peace between the wolf and the lamb are only a metaphor. Now, after different questions, the Rebbe asks different questions, ultimately it's very difficult to explain the Rambam this way, because the Rambam doesn't make a distinction between Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlarz. He doesn't say, what I'm saying is only outside of Eretz Yisrael. In fact, to the contrary, if in Eretz Yisrael indeed, miracles will abound when Mashiach comes and the nature will be changed, it's a contradiction to what the Rambam is saying. The Rambam is saying, But if there's a zip code, a region in the land, a region in the world, in the planet, Middle East, where nature is being altered, that is quite an alteration of Min so obviously the Rambam does not embrace this view. Furthermore, the Rambam himself stated in chapter 11 that Rabbi Akiva and all the sages of his generation truly and earnestly accepted Ben Koichva as Mashiach to the point that they went to war against Rome because of Bar Koichva believing his Mashiach. And from this the Rambam proved. He doesn't say it was a mistake. He proves from this that Mashiach doesn't have to make miracles and that the natural order of things will continue after Mashiach, and that's why they did not have to authenticate Bar Koichva through miracles. This was an Eretz Yisrael, there were no miracles. He then brought another explanation from the Avodah HaKadosh. Reb Meir ben Gabi, the Avodah HaKadosh, explains that when the Rambam says the world will follow its natural order, he means its pristine natural order. The way nature was established in the beginning of creation before the corruption of mankind before sins, before transgressions, and thus the world will be restored to its original, innate, intrinsic nature, the way it was supposed to be in an ideal sense in the beginning of creation, before the various sins, the sins of the tree of knowledge subsequently. So therefore, barren trees will give fruits, wild animals will be eliminated, because that's how it was in the beginning of the creation. Here again, after various discussions and questions, it would be very difficult to explain this in the Rambam. Because from the Rambam you see clearly his point is that the world is going to follow the trajectory of nature. To say that it's going to go back to the way it was before the Chetay Tzadas. In other words, contrary to the way the world is running for thousands of years, that is quite bitul min in other words, let's say if after a few days of creation, nature changed and wild beasts began to be wild and undomesticated and devour 
and, and chase their prey. And barren trees became barren and infertile. Let's say it happened only a few days after creation. But it's been like this for thousands of years, 5,781 years. So this is Min this is the Minigailam. To say that this is going to change and the whole world is going to run contrary to this is quite bitter. It's the obliteration of Minhagi Shalala. Which brings us to another two questions on the Rambam raised by the Lecha Mishnah in Hilchis Tshuva. The Lecha Mishnah is one of the greatest commentators on the Mishnah Torah of the Rambam. His name was Rabbi Avraham ben Moshe, Rabbi Avraham di Baton. Rabbi Avraham di Baton, Rabbi Avraham ben Moshe. Family came from Spain. He lived in Saloniki, Saloniki, Greece. That's where my father-in-law's family comes from. And he was one of the greatest poiskim, halachic authorities and rabbinic sages of Saloniki in the 16th century. He was a contemporary of the base Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Karo, the author of the Shulchan Aruch, lived in Svas, he lived in Greece, contemporary of the Arizal. He passed away, the Lechemishna passed away in 1588, just uh, around a decade, a, a little more than a decade after the base Yosef. The base Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Karo, um, uh, named his commentary on the Rambam Kesef Mishnah. Very interesting name. Kesef Mishnah, because the Rambam's Sefer is called Mishnah Torah. Yosef, and the Kesef Mishnah was written by Rabbi Yosef Karo, he offers the Kesef Mishnah, a double portion of money for the Shvatim when they came to get the grain. So he called his commentary on the Rambam Kesef Mishnah. It's like a double portion of money. So the Lechem Mishnah called his commentary Lechem Mishnah. <laughs> The bread for the Mishnah Torah. Okay, so his commentary, Lechem Mishnah, is one of the classic commentaries. It's printed in most editions of the Rambam from the 16th century. So you have Kesef Mishnah from the Beis Yosef and Lechem Mishnah from Rabbi Avraham di Baton. In Hilchis Truva, the Kesef Mishnah asks two astounding and very powerful questions, it would seem, on the Rambam. Question number one is, to have in one book, a book of Halacha, an internal contradiction is very problematic because you have to be consistent. You can follow this view or that view, but you can't follow two opposite views in a book of halacha. What's going on? The Gemara says in Meseches Brachas, Daflamad Dalad Amid Beis, a huge argument between two people, Rebchia Barab in the name of Rabbi Yochanan and Shmuel. Rebchia Barab in the name of Rabbi Yochanan says that all the prophecies that you'll read about in Tanakh, about what the world is going to be in the future, it's talking about Mashiach. Then there's a state, stage called Olam Haba, that nobody knows about. Shmuel says, no, 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 no. The prophecies are about Olam Haba. Mashiach is only Shibut Malchias. It's just Jews will finally be able to let out a sigh of relief and they'll be able to breathe freely. Nobody will be choking them. There won't be Shibut Malchias. That's it. The Rambam in Hilchis Malachim, Perik Yud Beis, clearly quotes Shmuel. And that's the basis of his view that there won't be any changes in nature. The wolf will live with the lamb is not a change in nature. It basically means nobody will be choking the Jewish people. Shibud Malchias will be gone. He clearly says so. But the same Rambam in Hilchis Tshuva, the same Rambam in Hilchis Tshuva, Peireches, quotes the view of Reb Barab in the name of Reb Yechanan. He says, Amru Chachamim, Kol Anavim, Kol Anlaynibu, Lemaisa Mashiach, Avalelam Haba, and also Lekim Zalosach. The Gemara clearly says these two views are at odds with each other. The Rambam and Hilchus Tshuva quotes one view, and Hilchus Malachim suddenly, Shmuel wins. What's going on? Lechemish Nasset, big question. The question continues. There's a Mishnah in Shabbos, Dav Samach Gimel, 
Rabbi Eliezer holds you're allowed to walk out on Shabbos with your sword. You're allowed to walk out on Shabbos with your spear. It's ornaments. It's jewelry. Takshitin. The Chachamim say you're not allowed to. And if you do, and you did not know it was forbidden, or you forgot it was Shabbos, you're chayev to bring a carbon chattis nebeis amikdush. Nebelezer says, what chayev? It's like walking out with your shirt, or your jacket, or your streimel, or your hat. Oh, your glasses, you're not chayev, it's ornaments, it's part of garments, it's decorative. The Chachamim say it's disgraceful. Take a look, the Navi tells us, They're going to beat their swords into plowshares. They're going to beat their spears into prune hooks. When we were in camp, so, uh, when after color war, three days of screaming and plays and scavengers and skits and, and grand sings and Lebedek and Freilich, finally when the judges would come out to announce the winners, so there was a song that they sang in camp. After this intense color war, they wanted to make sure <laughs> that the teams and the generals and the staff members are still at peace with each other. Whoever wins, no, no matter whoever wins, they would sing this song. A nation won't lift up a sword to its other nation, and they won't learn to, they will learn not to battle anymore, not to combat. Says the Chachamim, if swords are ornaments, and bows are ornaments, and spears are ornaments, the Mishnah goes through another few weapons over there, they wouldn't have been nullified when Mashiach comes. Why beat it into plowshares? Why? If somebody's wearing, a woman's wearing a bracelet or a ring or a necklace, you're going to beat it into plowshares? Of course, she's allowed to wear it on Shabbos. It's part of decorative garments people wear on Shabbos. It's fine. What do we see from here? The Gemara explains that the Chachamim, the Chachamim hold that when Mashiach comes, they say clearly, there won't be any more weapons. And therefore, if you go out with a sword today on Shabbos, because this is gnai. It's not a decorative garment. And that's why it's going to be nullified when Mashiach comes. The Gemara says, Rebbe Lezer, on the other hand, at least according to one opinion, actually, he holds like Shmuel. He argues with Rebbe Chiyabarabah. He says the only difference will be Shibut Malchias. And therefore, they will not nullify the weapons when Mashiach comes. And therefore, it's considered an ornament. It's not considered a disgrace. It's not going to be obliterated. It's always going to be there. And therefore, you're allowed to wear it on Shabbos. The Rambam in Hilchus Shabbos, Perik Yutes, Aloha Aleph, Paschal's like the Chachamim. You're if you go out with a sword on Shabbos. In other words, according to the Gemara, they hold not like Shmuel. It's going to be nullified when Mashiach comes. In Hilchis Shabbos, the Rambam Paskins, not like Shmuel. In Hilchis Malachim, he Paskins like Shmuel. Sif Tess. We're now in the middle of the Sikh of the Lubavitcher Rebbe on this Rambam Hilchis Malachim Pedigid Beis. And now he begins the question, but he doesn't get, he begins the answer. But this was a good slip because the question is only introduced, the answer is only introduced after one more major question. And what's the bigger, the biggest question? Sif test, take a look inside. Again, open up your source sheets, go to theyeshiva.net, T-H-E-Y-E-S-H-I-V-A.net. You can type in Malachim Rambam, um, the Rambam, the Mashiach, why the Rambam negates the miracles of Mashiach, part two. And you'll see source sheets, 
and you can open the source sheets again above the video, below the video, so you could follow inside. In this text, we are on page 12. So if test the second column, the second to the last paragraph. Vahabirbaz, the explanation and all of this suggests the Lubavitcher one more major question. This is probably the biggest question. You know, for the good, you wait till the end for the real bond. This is probably the biggest question. One second. One of the 13 principles of faith articulated by the Rambam in his Pirushamishnayas Sanhedrin. The Rambam's Pirushamishnayas Sanhedrin is introduction to the 11th chapter of Sanhedrin, Perek The Rambam formulates the 13 basic principles of faith, later articulated in the 13 Animamins. And one of these principles of faith is Animamin B'tchiyas Amesim. There's going to be the resurrection of the dead. Not only that, the Rambam himself states in Hilchis Truva, take a look in footnote 61, somebody who denies the resurrection does not have a chelik in Elam Mishnah Sanhedrin, Rambam Hilchis Truva, Peregimel. The Mishnah says this in Sanhedrin chapter 11, Perig Chelik, call you stole Yeshlam Chelik, Ve'elu She'ein Lehem Chelik. Somebody who denies Chis Hamesh. The Rambam quotes it in this Sefer, Hilchis Truva, Peregimel. The Rambam in Pirush HaMishnayis in Sanhedrin quotes, take a look at the words, There's no Jewish religion and there's no connection to the Jewish religion if you don't believe in Chis HaMais. Wow, big words. How can the Rambam come and tell me here that in the days of Mashiach, everything will follow the regular trajectory of nature? Really? The dead being resurrected, coming up from the cemeteries, alive and well. This is, this is quite a chiddush in my seminarishes. <laughs> Let's explain. There is an argument between the Rambam and other Rishonim, the Raivid, the Ramban, about the future system. You have the opinion of the Ravid and Hilchus Tshuva, the Ramban and the Sefer Sharagmul, that basically Tchias Hamesim is synonymous with what Chazal call Olam Habo. And that's the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate reward. So there's going to be Yemaisa Mashiach, the days of Mashiach. And then there's another stage called Olam Habo, called Tchias Hamesim which is the ultimate reward with eternal life, souls, and bodies. The Rambam disagrees with this. The Rambam holds Tchiyas HaMesim is not the ultimate Olam Haba. The ultimate Olam Haba is in Ganeiden, souls without bodies. The Rambam holds the ultimate reward is going to be for the Shamais without Gufim. 
Chiyas HaMesim is not the ultimate destination, the ultimate reward. It's a stage of Mashiach's coming. Mashiach will come. There will be Chiyas HaMesim. And afterwards, people will ultimately pass away. And the ultimate reward, Olam Haba, is not in this world. According to the Rambam, unlike the Ramban and other Shittos, according to the Rambam, Olam Haba is not in this world. According to the Raivan and the Ramban, the ultimate Olam Haba is in this world. That's Tchiyas HaMesim. That's the ultimate destination. So you could say, Tchiyas HaMesim is a whole different entity than Yemais HaMashiach. But according to the Rambam, it's clear. He says this. He explains this. As you can see in footnote 63, in Hilchus Tshuva, in Pirish HaMashnaya Sanhedrin, he has in Geris Tchiyas HaMesim, a letter dedicated to Tchiyas HaMesim. We explains this at length. Because by the way, there were those who questioned if the Rambam believed in Tchiyas HaMesim. You see here in Hilchus Mulachim, he speaks about Mashiach, he doesn't mention Tchiyas HaMesim. <laughs> everything that's going to happen, it's going to be everything normal, doesn't mention Tchiyas HaMesim. In Hilchis Yisraeli, he doesn't mention Tchiyas HaMesim. But the truth is, in Hilchis Tshuva, he says clearly, if you deny Tchiyas HaMesim, ain't lechelek lelam haba. Why doesn't he mention Tchiyas HaMesim? Because Mishnah Torah is a Sefer of Halacha. It's a Sefer of Halacha. It's a separate discussion. I'm just mentioning this to bring out that according to the Rambam, what's Tchiyas HaMesim? Tchiyas HaMesim is part of the days of Mashiach. And after that, ultimately, people are going to pass away. And they're going to go to Olam Haba, the spiritual world. And that's where there's going to be the ultimate reward. If so, how can the Rambam say, in the days of Mashiach, that nature won't be transformed when you're going to have the resurrection of the dead? This is a huge question. So let's forget about all... Let's not forget, but in addition to all the sources we spoke about, the Lone all gishmak. The problems the Lechem Mishnah raises, the paradoxes in Rambam. But here's the biggest issue. Tchis HaMesim, that's part of Yemais HaMashiach. Because it's not Olam Haba, it's Yemais HaMashiach. Par Yemais HaMashiach, Tchis HaMesim. Then we die, and then you go to Olam Haba. That's the ultimate schar. How could you say there's no Bitum and Hagash What do we do with this? Ubehechrech Loimar. Comes the Rebbe and says, we have to say, Shalafi harambam inyonim shoinim shoinim. According to the Rambam, dinim. There's two separate inyonim, two separate themes, and they will transpire in two separate times. Yeshna inyonuzman b'maysamashiach shakashunim b'yasamashiach. Yeshna inyonuzman noisif. The Rambam would hold there's two completely separate things in Yemaisa Mashiach. There is the theme of Mashiach's coming. And the era of Mashiach's coming, which according to Halacha defines the coming of Mashiach. Then there is a second theme and a second era, which will be an addition and will happen after the era of the beginning of the days of Mashiach. There's going to be new things, new behaviors, new realities, new phenomena that Hashem is going to do during that second era. And they will include changes, including change of nature. Including Tchiyas 
But that's going to be a later stage in the days of Mashiach themselves. What does all this mean? What does this mean? So now there's going to be two Se'ifim explaining this. And then we're going to come back to see how now everything will fit in to a perfect puzzle from the Rambam's perspective. Yud. So let, let's see, because we still have to explain what this means. This is just the, the Nekuda, the point. Alpiz and Muvah Mashabit Chilas, Pedikid Beis Kshakais of Rambam. This explains a very serious question. The Rambam makes a blanket still in the beginning of Perikid Base. Don't imagine in your heart that when Mashiach comes, anything of nature is going to change. Can you prove it? How do you make such a halachic statement, which runs contrary to so many apparent verses, and my Mari Chazal, as we explained, the Rambam himself says, it says the wolf will live with the lamb, and it's a metaphor. Why don't you bring any proof? So you'll say, well, well you have to prove that there's going to be miracles. You have to prove. He doesn't have to prove there won't be miracles. <laughs> you want to prove that there's going to be miracles? You prove it. One second. The previous chapter, the Rambam said, Mashiach doesn't have to show any miracles, doesn't have to resurrect dead, doesn't have to change anything in the world, doesn't even have to predict the future. He doesn't even have to behave like a prophet. That's what the Rambam says. Let's read. This is... Don't think, says the Rambam in the previous chapter, Hilchis Meloch, Pedic Yud Aleph Haloch that Mashiach has to perform wonders and miracles, change things in the world, or resurrect the dead, or anything similar to that. It's not true, the Rambam says. It's simply not true. How do I know? Rabbi Akiva was a great sage from the sages of the Mishnah. He was one of the supporters of Ben Kuziva the king. He used to say that he is Melech HaMashiach. He and all the sages of his generation considered Ben Kuziva, Shimon Ben Kuziva, known as Bar Koichva, as Melech HaMashiach, until he was killed. Ben Koichva was killed as a result of sins. Once he was killed, they realized that he was not Mashiach. Asked the Rambam, why didn't they ask from him a wonder and a miracle? How can you maintain a belief that he's Mashiach when Bar Koichva did not show one miracle and they never demanded from him to show a miracle? Now I know some of you who learned the Gemara in Sanhedrin are wondering, how can the Rambam say such a thing? A whole story in Gemara in Sanhedrin, they wanted a miracle from him. This is treated at length in the footnotes, what the Rambam did with that Gemara. I hope, I hope we'll be able to get there. But that's a, that's a separate sugar, but let's now focus on the words of the Rambam. So the Rambam proves from here, how can there be a Kivan, all the sages of the generation, hold on to this faith, that Ben Koichva is Mashiach, and he's going to redeem the Jewish people from the Roman oppression, and he's going to build the Beis Hamikdash, and he's going to gather the scattered ones of the Jewish people, and he's going to store, restore the world back 
to the way the world is supposed to be in the times of Mashiach, as the Rambam discusses in chapter 11. The key is missing. Mashiach got to make a miracle. So the Rambam gives proof that Rabbi Akiva and the sages didn't demand it from Berkachva. This means it's not part of the criteria. I mean, if he makes miracles, we have nothing against him. If he makes a miracle, but it's not part of the criteria of Mashiach. It's not part of the litmus test. He doesn't, it's not part of the exam. He doesn't have to go through those things. And the Rambam in Halacha Dalit after this explains what Mashiach needs to go through. The Rambam says at the end, this is what we learned in the first shir on Perikid Aleph. You remember what is Mashiach, the Rambam's view, part one and part two? It's important to remember that. The Rambam says in Perikid Aleph that if you can have a Melech Mibes David and he's immersed in Torah and mitzvahs, and he compels all the Jews to follow Torah, and he fights the wars of God, he is assumed to be Mashiach. If he's successful and he triumphs the nation, over the nations, and he builds the base of Mikdash, and he gathers the Jewish people to Yisrael, he is certainly Mashiach. If he's not successful till this point, he's almost successful, but at some point he's not successful, it doesn't work, he doesn't win, or he gets killed, the Rambam says, we know that he's a fine, kosher king of base David, who died, who was killed, as the Rambam says, and ultimately it didn't turn out to be Mashiach. That's what the Rambam says. And then he says, and then Mashiach will fix the whole world, and the whole world will start serving Hashem, everybody will serve one God, as he explains at length. No mention that Mashiach is a Navi, no mention that Mashiach will make any miracles, because the Rambam says he doesn't have to. And that's why, Indeed, the Ben Kaichva dream didn't materialize because he was killed as a result of sins. But before he was killed, they really believed he was Mashiach. And they never asked him to make a miracle because this is not part of the criteria. This is the Rambam's proof Mashiach doesn't have to make miracles. Why in Perikyut Beis does he not give any proof that there won't be any miracles in nature? Forget about Mashiach himself. That nature will not be altered. He doesn't bring any proof for that. The way he does in the previous chapter, when he maintains that Mashiach doesn't have to make miracles. Now it's going to become very clear. And I'm going to explain. the two Prokim Yud Aleph Yud Beis deal with separate themes. 
But what we're now learning is separate themes, but not separate at all. One continuum. Pedicure Aleph of Ilchas Malachim, which we learned in the previous year, not the last year, the previous ones, and you should learn it. The Rambam speaks about Mashiach himself. What he is going to accomplish and achieve, what he's going to introduce in the world. What is he going to accomplish? That's how we started off. Hamelech, you remember how we started off Pedicure Aleph? The Rambam started off that Hamelech HaMashiach Mashiach is going to stand up and restore the sovereignty, the kingdom of David to its original glory. He'll build the Beis HaMikdash. He'll bring in all the Jewish people and all the laws of Torah are going to be restored to the way they were. You're going to do all the Karbanas. You'll have Shemitah, all the mitzvahs. If you don't believe in him, you're denying not just the Nevi'im, but also Torah. He brings all the Psukim. He brings about Bilam. Bilam speaks about David. Bilam speaks about Mashiach. Then he says, don't think Mashiach is going to make miracles, etc., like we just learned a few minutes ago. That's Pedikud Aleph. Pedikud Beis, he shifts. Pedikud Beis, he starts off, don't think that the world is going to change when Mashiach comes. Right? Aliyala al-Halev, that there's going to be bitul min hagar yishal oilam. Pedikud Beis, he's not talking about Mashiach and what he's going to introduce and how he's going to emerge and how he's going to come and how we're going to know it's him. That's chapter 11. Chapter 12 is about what the world is going to look like. Read through Perikid Beis. We did it in last year. He speaks about nature won't change. The wolf will live with the lamb as a metaphor. The only difference will be Shibud Malchias. Then he speaks about Melchemes Goygamagag. He speaks about Eliyahu Hanavi. And then at the end, he says that the Jews craved Mashiach not to rule over the world, but that they should be able to be completely immersed in divine wisdom. There won't be hunger. There won't be war. There won't be jealousy. There won't be competitiveness. The whole universe, the whole world, the whole planet will be emerged in divine awareness. Divine consciousness will pervade the psyche and the reality of every single person, every single creature. So it's two separate chapters. True. One about Mashiach, one about the state of the union. Not the union, the state of the world. Also the state of the union. MS. But the Rebbe says it's a continuum. Perikud Beis is not a separate subject. It's describing the world that results from the coming of Mashiach. The Mashiach that we described in Perikid Aleph and what he's going to accomplish. So in Perikid Aleph we were discussing him and what he's going to do in terms of his actions and his lineage and what his job is and what he has to do, what he doesn't have to do. Perikud Beis is describing what the world is going to look like as a result of Mashiach's coming. So the Rambam doesn't need to give me a new proof in Perikid Beis that the world is going to follow the natural order. The same proof that he gave in Perikid Dalav that Mashiach doesn't have to do miracles is potent and relevant to prove that the world won't change its natural course of things during Mashiach. Because Perikid Beis is talking about the world that results from the coming of Mashiach, the world that Mashiach is going to introduce the reality that Mashiach is going to bring to the table. And one of those realities is that the world could follow its natural order. So the proof that he brought in Pedikid Aleph holds true for Pedikid Beis. Why? What does this mean? Why? So he explains. If the definition of Mashiach and the days of Mashiach is changing nature, in other words, this is part of the mission statement of Mashiach. This is the calling of Mashiach. We want miracles. Mashiach, we want miracles. We want you to change nature. In other words, this is part of the product. This is part of the package. The Munin Mashiach is going to be a time nature is going to change. 
If that's how you define it, and therefore Mashiach makes miracles, the world is going to be filled with miracles. So then for sure Mashiach has to make miracles. Because this is the only way we can test him and find out that he's really Mashiach. If this is what you have to do, how do I know that you are the person you claim to be? If you perform that which you claim to be able to perform. If you tell me that you're the greatest surgeon, if you're one of the greatest surgeons, okay, let's see the product. (laughs) If you tell me you're one of the greatest athletes, fine. You don't test an athlete through a surgery. You don't test a surgeon through a marathon or basketball. You say you're the greatest architect, let's see the product. You're the greatest contractor, let's see it. You're the greatest composer, let's see. I'm not going to test a composer through a piece of art or an artist through a ballad, through a song. How do you test a Navi? The Ramam says in Hilchis, he says, how do you test a Navi? He doesn't have to resurrect the dead. That's not his job. What does he have to do? He has to predict the future. If everything he said is true, then you know that he's a Navi. Of course, there's a lot of other criteria for a Navi. <laughs> the Ram says, it can't just be somebody who predicts the future. He has to be somebody who's completely, complete, completely committed to Allah, to Torah, Moshe, etc. But why? Because that's the definition of a Navi. You have to look, what's the definition of something? And by that definition, that's how the test is made. If the definition of Mashiach or part of Mashiach's message, part of Mashiach's impact was to change the world order, then that would be his litmus test. But the Rambam believes, and the Rambam proves to Rabbi Akiva that's not true. Mashiach doesn't have to make miracles. That's not part of his contribution. It's not what we need him for. It's not what we want him for. It's not what the Torah is promising. It's not his thing. What is his thing? We'll get to that in a moment. We'll get... Good question. We'll get to that in a moment. But that's not his thing. So why are you testing him in something that's not his thing? I'm going to start testing the neurosurgeon if he could what? If he could compose a symphony? If he can direct a symphony? If he can make blueprints for a mansion? I need you to make blueprints for the surgery and get this guy healthy. Why am I testing you in something that's not your thing? You're testing, somebody wants to test in your other day, you start testing him in Masechtas Vachim, it's a separate test, a separate genre. So the Rambam says, you're not, not going to test Mashiach in miracles. It's not his thing. It's not what he has to do. It's not what we want from him. What do you test him in? In that which he has to accomplish. See if he's accomplishing that. If that's the case, so now we understand that the world the Rambam is talking about a pedigree base is the world of Mashiach. That's not connected to miracles. If it would be connected to miracles, then you would have to test Mashiach with this. But because the definition of Mashiach in the Ramam is no miracles, so the world that he introduces is not a world of miracles, it's a world of Teva. So clearly, when they didn't ask from Berkoich for miracles, this proof is also good for Pedicute Beis, that the coming of Mashiach does not necessarily demand in any form or fashion any bitl of nature. But now let's explain what this really means. <laughs> this is also to speak the, the technical building blocks. Let's get to the nisham of it. That's going to be Ziralaf. Alpiza moving Sharikh Shalaramba Pedigbeza this Matsavelo Mesa Mashiach, Hare Kolza Benegeela Inyan Vazman Bin Mesa Mashiach, Kifisha Kashri Melacha Mashiach will be Yase. Zoy Se Medes, 
Chilu b'peri kedalaf mavayin haram b'mau inyan eshel malach hamashiach hamelach hamashiach asid lamad alahzu malchus david liyashlam shalarishayna b'ina mikdash mikabes nitchisrol chayzun kolamish patim chuli hu yavishleimus b'mitzvus v'hilchis hatoyde achakach b'peri kedbeis kayaram b'mkevisha matzav ha'oylam yeh behasam lekach. Kavisho Messiah, Shabne Yisrael Yupnoim Betayev Chachmasa, Ba'is Hazman LeYisham LeRav LeMilchama LeYisa Kolel Maladas Hashem Belvad UleFichach Yisrael Chachamim Gedolim SheKiyu Maat Mitzvus VeHilches Atayru BaOlam Ashekimin Hagoy Noyek VeIker SheKiyu Maat Mitzvus VeHilches Atayru BaOlam Ashekimin Hagoy Noyek Here we get. To the Nakuda, to the Nakuda. And for this, you have to realize that it's all a continuation to the previous Shura. Our first series was Rambam Pedikud Aleph. We titled it the Rambam's What is Mashiach? The Rambam's View Part One, Part Two. If you mastered that and you understood that well. Now you'll be able to appreciate this. If not, your Havana now will be missing because Perikid Beis follows Perikid Aleph. What was the Rambam's Chiddush in Perikid Aleph? The Rambam deleted the fact that Mashiach is going to be a prophet, even though he says it in Hilchis Truvi, he's going to be a prophet close to Moshe Rabbein. Not a mention here. A Melech Mabez David, as it's the Latin. Tzanavu, no. What was the point? So you remember, in the previous Shurim, the Rebbe was Mazber. That the Rambam here is telling us what Mashiach is from a halachic perspective. The definition of Mashiach is that Torah is real. Mashiach is going to bring the world to a state where it's going to be revealed that Torah is real. That's the word. That's why he starts off his definition. Hamelech Hamashiach Asid Lamad Ulahagzim Malchus David LeYoshlam Hamshalar Rishayna By the Mikdash BeChayzrin Kol Hamishpatim BeYamav Oisin Karbanas Shmita Oisin KeChol Mitzvasa Hamure B'Tayr. The Rambam's idea is: What is Mashiach? Mashiach is telling us that Maimed Har Sinai is real. The Rebbeinu Shalaylam gave the Jewish people and humanity through the Jewish people, a blueprint for how to live, a roadmap, how to navigate the jungle of history, how to pave a road through the jungle of history and turn the world into a toidevelt, a world that mirrors and reflects the divine blueprint. Like a contractor who builds a home based on the blueprint of the architect, we are the contractors we are the contractors. Fascinating Gemara. The Gemara says that a Dayan who's done din emes an authentic judge who gives a real halachic verdict, he's a partner to God in creation. Why? You came to me, I'm a judge, and I give a real din. Because you're rebuilding the world. God made a world. But the world allows for free choice. The world allows for corruption. 
The world allows for abuse. The world allows for bloodshed, violence. The world allows for trauma, toxicity. The world allows for depression. The world allows for divisiveness, for egotism, for pettiness, for insecurity, for narcissism. The world allows for a person to to raise to the rise to the greatest heights and sink to the deepest depths. God made an amazing world, but now you have the contractors. We're the contractors. The contractors fashion the world. We refashion the planet so that it reflects the blueprint. Which blueprint? The blueprint of Torah. The blueprint of Har Sinai. The completion of that blueprint in the real world, that's Mashiach. To tell me that part of Mashiach is change nature. It's very dramatic. We like the fireworks. We like the fanfare. We like the drama. But to make that the condition of Mashiach, you're missing the point. The whole point of Mashiach is that Torah is real in the real world, in the natural world. That this is what the world was created for. So they tell me now Mashiach has to split seas and resurrect the dead and make sure the sun rises from the west and lands and sets the east. And having people fly like birds. You're missing the point. Not that there can't be miracles. If Hashem wants to make a miracle, He'll make a miracle. But to say that's the definition of Mashiach, you're undermining the whole message of Mashiach. Mashiach is not a a, a beautiful, amazing, amazing show of God displaying his infinite powers. He could do whatever he wants. That's not the definition. The definition of Mashiach is the culmination of all of history for the last 5,000 years. It's all about the natural world. Mashiach's definition is to be able to effect that the world becomes the world it was meant to be, it's supposed to be, that the Torah is a real blueprint to live the best life. To put it in very simple words, Mashiach is here to be able to make sure that the world lives up to the vision of Torah and mitzvahs. That everything Hashem said in the Torah, how we should live, the 613 mitzvahs of Torah for the Jewish people, and the seven mitzvahs for the non-Jewish world. That world that reflects God's vision for the world, this is what Mashiach is going to accomplish. It began with David, because he is the one who unified the Jewish people, created peace in Eretz Yisrael, started to build the base Hamikdash. So he's the first one. That's why Rambam calls him the first Mashiach, and then it's completed with the ultimate Mashiach, Mashiach Achron. That's why we explain the Rambam is so busy comparing David to Mashiach, Mashiach Achron, Mashiach Rishon, Mashiach Rishon, Mashiach Achron with Bilam. Why is that relevant in Hilchas Malach? Because that brings out what Mashiach is. It's a new reality. It's going to be a great time and everything. There'll be free food and free tuition and no illness and all. there won't be any crisis anymore and the world will follow miracles. There'll be amazing stuff. But the Nekudah of Mashiach is that this world is the most amazing thing about Mashiach. A world in its natural order, the world that God created with the limitations of nature. This is the world that the Rebbeinu Shalom wanted. So be a Torahvelt. The Tanya explains is the blueprint for Torah. It starts off the Rambam. The Rambam's opening words. Are the whole world, everything comes The opening Rambam. The whole world is a reflection of his MS. Will that MS be realized? Will I be able to look at the world and see that MS? MS Hashem Li 
see that a world is a reflection of its own truth, which is God's truth. That's what Torah is. That's what Torah was given to us. Mashiach is going to be the one to achieve that. So now to tell me that Mashiach is going to have to resurrect the dead, maybe he will, maybe he won't. The Rambam says, I'm not telling you not. This is not the litmus test for Mashiach. What is? Prophecy? No. He doesn't have to predict the future. What is? Is, as we mach in the Welt, a Torah Welt. Yamit Melech from Beis David, Heige Beteire, Oisig Bemitzvah, that's the criteria. Like David is father. And he influences all the Jews, Leilich Bolech Hazak Bitka. That every single Jew will live up according to, will live according to Torah. V'yilchem Olchemus Hashem will get rid of all the oppression and all the evil and all the negativity that denies and deprives the world and humanity and civilization and the Jewish people from implementing Torah. This is Cheskes Mashiach. No miracles, it's fine. <laughs> no miracles, fine. That's what Rabbi Kiva could believe. Ben Kaicha is Mashiach. He was getting rid of the Roman oppression, which was unbearable. This is in 135, 133 after the Common Era. In other words, 60, a little more than 60 years after the destruction of the second base of Mikdash, they didn't ask for a miracle. It didn't turn out with Barakaychva. He was killed. The Jewish rebellion against Rome was cut down mercilessly, brutally. Till today we say, because of a memory of what happened after the Barakaychva revolt, one of the celebrations of Chavishos above. But they could believe Barakaychva was Mashiach without a miracle. Why doesn't the Rambam give other criteria? Because the other criteria undermines the whole point. And then if Mashiach is successful in all this, he builds a Beis HaMikdash, so we could now fulfill the vision of Torah. So many mitzvahs, you need a Beis HaMikdash. Shmita, Yoivel, Karbonis. He brings the Jews back to Israel so we could live up to the ultimate destiny of the Jewish people. That's Mashiach. That's it. That is Mashiach. And then he'll fix the whole world. The whole world is going to be embraced. Why well, Hashem, this is not anything against nature. On the contrary, the message of Mashiach is that nature is begging and yearning for a world of Mashiach. And that's why the Rambam says when you don't believe in Mashiach, you're not just not believing in the Nevi'im. You're denying Torah and Moshe Rabbeinu. Why is that relevant here? So the Rebbe explained in the previous Sikha that we learned before this one, because the Rambam is not just trying to make you a bigger kaifer. That belongs in Hilchus Tshuva. The Rambam is trying to explain what Mashiach is. Mashiach is not just a denial of a prediction of a great prophet. Mashiach is the very, the very realization of Torah. Torah says Mashiach is going to come. Because what's Mashiach? Mashiach is that Torah is real, that Torah is authentic, that the vision of God for creation articulated in Torah is a real vision that's going to happen. Not just the belief in Torah is that Hashem commanded a mitzvah, that Hashem told us to keep the Torah. That this commandment is actually something that's going to be realized fully because this is the true destiny of reality. This is the purpose of reality. The purpose of reality is real and it's going to be realized from the world, from the word real, realized. And we explain this is why the Rebbe explains the question of Chum Seifer, why belief in Mashiach is one of the fundamental principles of Judaism that Chum Seifer wonders about this. Let's say Mashiach won't come. Doesn't undermine Yiddishkeit. Big question of Chum Seifer. I think the last Chashal Sechuvah Sam Sefer here today. Big question. Mashiach won't come. So Aseris Hashvatim, there's an opinion they're never going to come back. They don't have to do Torah. They have to do Torah. God won't bring you back to Israel. So you're part of Torah. You're not. Why is it an Iker? We explained in the previous Shurim. 
Because Mashiach is basically the Teres Emes. Oh, thank you. Geula and Teres is one thing. Geula means that the world becomes a Teres world. And therefore Mashiach doesn't begin when Mashiach comes. Mashiach begins with every mitzvah a Jew does throughout history. Every Torah inyan, every mitzvah. That is Mashiach. It's changing that world of Mashiach. Now, that's why in this Seif, you see the Rebbe has a footnote, A 70. Which is the previous year we gave, in Aleph of the Rambam. What is Mishnah, the Rambam's view, part one and part two? I hope it's clear what I'm saying. I hope this is clear because this is Yisaida Yisaida to understand the Rambam. So now, Sif Yud Aleph will now be clearly understood. The whole Arichis of the Rambam and Perikid Beis about what the world is going to look like by Mashiach is basically the aftermath, the result of the coming of Mashiach and what he's going to achieve, discussed in Perikid Aleph. So in Perikid Aleph, the Rambam described what is Mashiach, the person is going to bring the perfection of mitzvahs and halacha into the world. The person is going to realize the ultimate vision, that halacha is going to become the blueprint that dictates and defines the design of the world. This is how we're going to live the Jewish people, and it's going to affect the whole world, as the Rambam says. Because everybody is part of oneness. Everybody is part of the vision of Torah. The vision of Torah is that the world reflects the goodness, the kindness, the infinite light, and the oneness of its creator. Comes Perikid Beis and says, this is what Mashiach has to do. Now let me tell you what the world is going to look like. And that's why in Perikid Beis, the Rambam says, the Jews will be able to be free, to learn Torah, to delve into wisdom, there won't be hunger, there won't be war. There won't be competitiveness. Hatred and divisiveness will be gone. The, will be gone. The whole world will be immersed. La das es Hashem belvad in divine awareness. Melt away in the ecstasy of infinite oneness. This is not a world that needs the change of nature. On the contrary, this is the statement that the world that Hashem created as is can become the world that He wanted to be. The world that is reflects the world that ought to be. That's Mashiach. By telling me that the heaven has to change, the earth has to change, trees have to change, nature has to change. God can make miracles whenever he wants. But that's not the definition of Torah. doesn't say in Torah, if Hashem makes miracles, then you should put on tefillin. If Hashem makes miracles, then you should live with God. If Hashem makes miracles, then you should love your fellow like yourself. If Hashem makes miracles, then you should give charity. If Hashem makes miracles, then you should bring a carbon talmud. Or you should celebrate Pesach. Or you should have betachem. Kiyom ha-mitzvahs and hilches is in the world that God made. That's what Matan Torah says. So the Ram doesn't have to bring a new proof in Pedicid Beis that it's not going to be miracles. This is the definition of Mashiach. So this is what the world is going to look like. So the Rambam says, don't make it up, don't make it an expect, don't turn this into a vital component to understand Mashiach. You're missing the point. And this world itself becomes a world. And this is an inspiring idea. 
Because it tells us about what the real world is, the natural world. Tayyid is not real when there's miracles. Tayyid is real in the real daily grind of a person's life. That's Mashiach. Mashiach is realizing that the emiss of everything is Einaid Movadai, Tayyidah. Verstandek. So my story that the famous chasana, the Zlobina chasana, the grandson of Reblevitzek of Baditchev married the granddaughter of the Balatanya. The Mittler Rebbe's daughter married grandson of Reblevitzek of Baditchev. Tovkov Samach Zayin, 1807, in Zlobin, Ukraine. It was Friday, Parshish Nose, in the month of Sivan. They tell a story that on the way to the chuppah, the chuppah was Friday, so the entrance to the chuppah was very narrow. Only one person could walk through the door. And the holy Baditshava was walking with the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, and only one could walk through the door. So the Baditshava asked the Alter Rebbe to go first. The Alter Rebbe demanded the Baditshava to go first. And they had this, you know, little dispute, so to speak, who goes in first. You know, the Chassanai, they want to go to the chuppah and the... And they're arguing, you know, who should go first. So the Mai says that the Baditshavit tells the Alter Rebbe, and he meant it. Let's go through the wall. And the Alter Rebbe said, Let the door become wider. It's two perspectives. Let's go through the wall. We have walls. There's walls. Walls are only in your perception. Famous metaphor of the Balshemtiv and Taldus Yaakov Yosef that all the walls are only from our vantage point. You look from the other vantage point, there's no walls. So let's go through the walls. Alter Rebbe says, "No, let the door become wider." This is similar to this idea. Alter Rebbe once said, "I heard this from the Rebbe many, many times," and the Rebbe actually would always tell this to my father, not always, but very often. Alter Rebbe said, "Mashiach v'chtein in the Gazetten." The coming of Mashiach is going to be reported in the newspapers. Gazetten in Russian is the newspapers. Now the Alter Rebbe said this in the 1700s. So he said, "Mashiach v'chtein in the Gazetten." What did Alter Rebbe mean? It's going to be news. Yeah, of course it's going to be news. <laughs> if Mashiach is going to win all the wars, it's going to be news. What, what was the Alter Rebbe's chiddush? So the Rebbe used to tell my father, my father was a newspaper man. He was a journalist for around 50 years maybe a little more. For more than 50 years, he was a journalist. Many newspapers, until he founded his own newspaper, the Algemeiner Journal. So often, when the Lubavitcher Rebbe would see him, he would say this with a smile. The Alter Rebbe said, Mashiach v'shtein in the Gazette. And that's the job of the newspaper. He would say, that's the job of the newspaper. He would tell him, you should be able to report that Mashiach came. What is this? It's a cute bracha, a cute joke. I don't mean a joke, but it's, a, it's a, some acute vertel. I think, based on this, we can understand it in a much deeper way. The Gazette, what's a newspaper? I'm talking about a real newspaper. News that's fit to print. <laughs> I don't mean news that's fit to print in Gaza from Hamas's perspective. I mean news that's fit to print from the perspective of the real natural world. That's a newspaper. A newspaper. It's a paper that gives you the news. So he says, Mashiach, in the Gazette. The Chiddush of Mashiach is not, Dalter Rebbe is saying, that he's going to resurrect the dead necessarily. That's not the definition. Definition of Mashiach is it's going to be a newspaper story. 
It's going to be as organic, as natural, as the headlines in the time of exile. The headlines in the time of exile is, as my father would tell me, the rule of newspaper business is, man, dog bites man is not news. Man bites dog is news. So there's newspaper headlines that basically define what the world is, what's happening, interesting stuff. Says the Altarebbe, Mashiach is going to go into that newspaper. It's going to fit into the newspaper. It's going to be news that's organic. Because Mashiach's Chiddush is not to impose a new world order and say, we're destroying the old world, we're going to make a new world, and of course in this world there'll be faith, in this world will be tired. You're missing the point. You're divorcing Mashiach from 5,000 years of history. You missed the point. The Rambam says there's a Mashiach Rish and David. Mashiach Acher and Melech Mashiach. One continuum. Mashiach Vishtein in the Gazette. It's going to be absorbed and accepted and integrated into a newspaper story. How? That's the uniqueness of Mashiach. He's going to show the world that Torah is natural. That mitzvahs are natural. They're intrinsic to the world. They're intrinsic to your psyche. They're embedded into your DNA. It's the most organic, holistic, healthy way of living. It's called living up to your potential, living up to your true nature, like a nutritionist who basically explains to you that based on your genes and based on your blood types, these are superfoods, these are horrible foods, and these are new, new foods, parav foods. Mashiach is not going to impose Torah on the Jewish people in a way that it's alien to them. He's going to reveal that this is it. This is the healthiest way of living. This is news. Mashiach Vashtain in the Gazette and it's going to be integrated as a regular news story because Mashiach is going to show that this is the true calling and nature of reality. It's a divine world. If it's a divine world, the world that is will be able to live up and reflect the world that it was meant to be, the world that it was, that it ought to be. Every person will be able to live with their own inner, infinite light, divine light, which is the essence of who you are, of who I am. And that's the blueprint of Torah. I want to share with you what the Rebbe says in footnote 64. This gives a geschmack in the Rambam's language. In Pedic Yudalef, he says, don't think Mashiach is going to do miracles. Don't think Mashiach has to do miracles. And he's gonna, or, and has to resurrect the dead. Or change the world. Why does he choose these examples? He has to resurrect the dead. The answer is because he's actually talking about things that's gonna happen when Mashiach comes. Like Tchiz HaMesim. But it's a second step that's gonna happen later in Yemesim Mashiach. And it's not the calling of Mashiach himself. As we will soon see what that means. We will soon see what that means. I just wanted to mention that. Another question he raises in 68. Why does the Rambam begin Pedikid Bays? Don't think that Mashiach is, that there's going to be miracles when Mashiach comes. If he already proved it in Pedikid Aleph. So Pedikid Bays, he could just say, when Mashiach comes, why does he say, he says, because he uses the word, not in Pedikid Aleph. He says, Aliyala al daitcha. In Perikid Beis, he says, Aliyala al alev. Why the change? Ah, now we understand. In Perikid Aleph, he has to prove it. From a place of das, don't think Mashiach has to make miracles. In Perikid Beis, we already know that. But Aliyala al halev. 
He says, Mitzad Ave Rabu, Chukas Halev, Lahamailas, the Yaska, Vyarum, Venisa, Vagava, Mayot. The Ave and the desire of Ayid to Mashiach. The Possek says about him, Yaskil, Avdi, Yorim, Venosa, Govamoid, higher than other Mauritian. So the Chukas Halev is that everything in the world is going to change. So the Rambam says, no, even Mitzad Yalev, that's not the voice, not what you're looking for. Al Yalal Halev, the Rambam is coming to negate that too. It's a deep word. Not al yala al adas, al yala al alev. Das, we already took care of a bedikid alef. Al alev. The emotional, the chukka, the avedab. Ah, to the santa word. Okay. Now, all the questions, all the questions are now answered. Everything. Yud base. Al pi kolan al yuvan gamshita sarambam. Now we'll understand very clearly the view of the Rambam about all the Psukim and all the Ma'amari Chazal, but what's going to happen when Mashiach comes. Now we'll understand everything. The Rambam has no problem with every statement in Tanakh and in Chazal that there are going to be miracles when Mashiach comes. He just doesn't hold that that's the definition of Mashiach's coming. Hashem will do various miracles at a later stage in Yemaisa Mashiach when he so wishes. And that's what the Nevi'im are talking about. The barren fruits will produce, barren trees will produce fruits. Yeah, it's not a marshal. Vishbati chayiram in Yeah, it's not a marshal. We'll do, don't undomesticated beasts, their nature will be transformed or they'll be eliminated. It's not a marshal. Other Nevuas you'll find, the doesn't say it's a marshal. Could be, it's not a marshal. One second. So why does he say the wolf will live with the lamb as a marshal? So let him say the wolf will live with the lamb, just like T.S.A. Mason. Later. What's the problem? What's the problem? This seems to undermine the whole sikha. The Rebbe is saying that even the Rambam agrees that there's going to be a later stage, a second kufin Mashiach's coming. It's just not essential to Mashiach's coming. It's not part of the first stage of Mashiach. It's not the definition of Mashiach, but it can happen later. So just say, the Garzavim Kevis is later, just like Chisam Mason. 
Rebbe says, no, 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 no. Where does it say, Vigar Zevim Kefes? Where does it say? Open up your Shaya Perikid Aleph. What does Yeshayah say? A choiter, a branch, a trunk will emerge from the stem of Yeshayah. A branch from his roots will blossom. The spirit of Hashem will dwell on him. These are psukim that are dealing with Mashiach himself. Mashiach's coming. And there it says, Vigar Zaevim Kevis. So if the Rambam holds that wolf will live with the lamb is literal, then you have a problem. Because these psukim are talking about Mashiach's coming. Mashiach's emergence. And it says clearly the wolf will live with the lamb, which is undermining the whole idea, the whole Yisoy, the whole foundation of the Rambam. The Mashiach doesn't have to make miracles. And the world that's going to reflect Mashiach's coming, the world that Mashiach is going to introduce is not a miraculous world, it's a natural world. It says the wolf will live with the lamb. So the Rambam says that's a metaphor. That's a metaphor. And all the other statements that are connected to Mashiach's coming that seem miraculous are all metaphors. And we'll see what those metaphors mean. Now the Rebbe says, why this metaphor does the Rambam explain? Just like all the other metaphors, he says, let's wait till Mashiach comes. He could say here too, the wolf will live with the lamb. It's a metaphor. When Mashiach comes, we'll figure out what it is. Why this one does the Rambam choose to explain and decipher? So the Rebbe says, I'll tell you why. He's not coming here to explain the metaphor. He's showing what Mashiach is. This statement, the wolf will live with the lamb, actually shows us what Mashiach is. And that's why it says right after, You want to know who this Mashiach is? He's going to be the one who will make sure the wolf will live with the lamb. What is that? That Jews will be able to sit and learn Torah. <laughs> that's what it means. That's what Mashiach is. This marshal shows us the definition of Mashiach. He's going to create a world of peace. In nature, in nature. Where the nations of the world will all embrace our oneness. Will all embrace the truth that we come from one source. That we're all connected with each other. That we're responsible for each other. That we ought to live a life of goodness and morality and ethics and compassion and kindness. They won't oppress innocent, vulnerable people so that the Jewish people will be able to immerse in Torah and Chachma, etc. The Gur, the wolf, will make peace with the lamb. That's why he explains what this marshal means, because this actually defines the calling of Mashiach, right when he comes, not at a later stage. All the other psukim, all the other Mamari Chazal, that are not defining Mashiach's coming into the world, they're talking about prophecies of the future. The Rambam says, yeah, they're all literal, it's fine, I have no problem with the Gemarim Suvas, I have no problem with Teres Kayanim, I have no problem with any other Pesukim Amari Chazal, at a later stage in Mashiach, in Yemaisa Mashiach, a later stage, and we don't only mean later in time, later in concept, very important, doesn't only mean later in time, you'll see clearly, it means later in concept, as we'll soon see time is not so relevant here. Later come means it's not the definition of Mashiach's coming. It's a different Indian. It's a different Din. It's a different Gader. In 74, he says an interesting diuk. The Rambam says, 
וכן כל כיוצא באלו הדברים בעניין המשיח הם משלם. He should have said, כל כיוצא באלו הדברים בימוס המשיח. He says, בעניין המשיח. You know why? Now it's clear. Because בימוס המשיח, there will actually be miracles. בעניין המשיח הם משלם. Those פסוקים, that speak about miracles, and they're talking about the Indian of Mashiach, Mashiach himself, and Mashiach coming, the Indian of Mashiach, that's a marshal. Because Mashiach doesn't have to bring with him any miracles. And the miracles that the Nanavi predicts with Mashiach's coming are, are metaphors. In Yemaisa Mashiach, there's talking going to be miracles. Ilan Esrak, barren trees will bring fruits. Um, uh, wild beasts will not devour anybody anymore. Or they will be completely eliminated. I'm going to say, if you'd gimel by heart. This also clarifies the difference of the Gemari and Ksuvis and Tyrus Kayanim. The Gemari and Ksuvis says, all the last lines in Masechus Ksuvis, all barren trees in Eretz Yisrael are going to be loaded with fruits. What does it indicate? That it's not natural. It's like a special miracle in Eretz Yisrael. This is talking about the first era of Mashiach, because according to the opinion in Masech Ksuvis, not the Rambam's opinion, there's going to be miracles in Eretz Yisrael, and even in the beginning of Yemaisa Mashiach, like the Radva says, and that's why it says the fruits in Eretz Yisrael will grow even on barren trees, but it says they will be loaded with fruits, sounding like it's not their natural state, it's a unique, exceptional miracle in Eretz Yisrael. That's what the Gemara holds in Ksuvis. That's the opinion in Ksuvis. The Torah's Kayanim says all barren trees will produce fruits, intimating that this is going to become the nature of the trees, like he explained earlier in the Sikha, and intimating that it's going to be in the whole world, not only in Eretz Yisrael. This is referring to the second era of Mashiach, where there will be changes in the natural order, like there will be Tchiyas HaMesim, and therefore the nature of the barren trees themselves will be transformed into trees that produce fruits, where the Gemara in Suvis is talking about a Chiddush that will be in the first Kufa, according to those opinions that hold that even in the first Kufa there's going to be miracles, like the Ravid, which follows the Gemara. The Rambam follows the Teres Kainim. The Rambam also holds the barren fruits, will, barren trees will produce fruits at a second Kufa, a second era in the time of Mashiach. According to this, all the questions of the Lecha Mishnah, Reb Avram di Boton from Saloniki, are answered beautifully. Everything is kaft of a ferach. Take a look, you dalit. Alpiz and Muvan, Sha'ain steed, and Medivri Adam, Shain ben Elam Azlum, Esam Sheikh, Lushibat Malchis Bolvat. Shakoi, Alat Kufari, Shain, and the Mesam Sheikh. Lahapsak, Shekolanavim, Kumla Nibu El Lamesa Mashiach, Shekoyalat Kufayos and Mujeres, Bemesa Mashiach, Ukamekin, Muvan Piskia Sheni, Shayoitz, Beklezayim, Beshabas Chai of Hatos, Kiakos, Vikitis, Sukhar Boysam, Leitim, Shekoyedis, Amats of Boylam, Shielosid Lavoy, Loymed Harambam Kipshuto, Eveloy, Derek Moshe Bolvat. Now everything is answered. The Rambam and Hilchis Malachim quotes the Shit of Shmuel, that the only difference between now and Mashiach is Shibud Malchis. In other words, all of nature will be maintained. It's just that Jews will be free. This indeed is talking about the first era of Mashiach's coming. And this is the definition of Mashiach's coming. He doesn't have to perform miracles. The world doesn't have to change. This is not part of the halachic description. Everything will be exactly as it was before, but 
the world itself will say, Chevre, let's learn. Chevre, let's serve Hashem. The world itself will organically embrace the vision of Torah. This does not necessitate barren trees to produce fruits. This does not necessitate the dead being resurrected. This does not necessitate anything that presently the laws of science, the laws of nature defy. Remember, nature and science are progressing quite, I should say, miraculously. Soon they want to double and triple the lifespan, and scientists are talking about eternal life from a scientific perspective. But nothing that has to defy the nature of what we can relate to and accomplish through our natural devices, there'll be world peace, yeah. Because that's who people really are. That Selim Aleikim, the divine image, and every person will emerge. Mashiach is going to bring it out. The soul of the universe will come to the fore. So Teda will become the blueprint that defines reality. That's the first era. The Rambam and Hilchis Tshuva quotes the second shita that argues with Shmuel. That all the prophecies are about Yemaisa Mashiach, not Elam Haba, Elam Haba, something else. That's the second era of Mashiach. In the days of Mashiach. Just like there's going to be Tchiyas HaMesim, which the Rambam agrees with. It's one of his own 13 principles of faith. What is that going to be? A second era. You'll have also all these Navuas. According to this, we understand why the Rambam could say that if you go out with weapons on Shabbos, because the Pasuk says they're going to beat their swords into plowshares, which is going to happen when Mashiach comes. The Rambam believes in that. Ah, it's a miracle. They're going to take all the weapons and beat them into plowshares. The Rambam says, yeah, in a later era, during Mashiach's coming, it's all going to be destroyed. All weapons will be obliterated from the memory of the universe. And because at some point it's going to be obliterated, this means that it's not an ornament. It's not something to de- to de- to brag about. It's not something to decorate you. Because if it would be decorative, then it should have remained for eternity. The fact that the Nevuah, the Nevi'im say, Yeshaya says, one day there's going to be no swords anymore. So this is not something to carry on Shabbos as an ornament. Ah, you'll ask a question. Take a look in 76. What about the first era of Mashiach? If there's going to be peace... So why are they going to have swords? So he says in the first era of Mashiach, the Ram says there won't be hunger, there won't be war. True. But it doesn't mean that weapons will be obliterated from the world. Because why won't there be hunger? Why won't there be war? Because the Rambam says there will be so much goodness in the world. The delicacies will be so common. So therefore, there won't be hunger. <laughs> and everybody will reveal their full potential and we'll be able to use the resources that God has given us on earth to their fullest, without manipulation, without narcissism, without some governments being corrupt and selfish, without theft. The highest angels of human nature will take over. So therefore, in reality, there won't be hunger, there won't be war. But it's not that the nature of people will be changed. It's not that there won't be any weapons in the world. And he brings different sources from Tanakh where there was a concept that people played with weapons. You can also play with weapons even if there's no war. The obliteration of weapons, that it's all going to be obliterated, that's already mamish, a different type of world, and that's the second kuf of Mashiach. Seif Tesvav, the Rebbe says, I'm going to say it outside. This answers another big question. If you look in Gemara, in Brachis Lamedalad, 
he brings a list of opinions of Rabbi Barab in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. One of them is that the prophecies are about Mashiach, and Alam Habas Ayin Leira which was the contradiction we spoke about the Rambam and Hilchus Tzur with the Rambam Hilchus Malachim. But he continues that Rabbi Barab also says that all the prophecies are talking about Bali Tshuva. Tzadikim are in a level that is completely beyond, nobody can appreciate how high they are. And the Gemara says Rebavo argues with that because he holds that Bali Tshuva are higher than Tzadikim. Where Bali Tshuva stands, Tzadikim can't stand. The Gemara brings both of these statements together. It seems like that they're connected. That just like Rebchia Barab in the name of Rabbi Yechanan holds, just like Rebchia Barab in the name of Rabbi Yechanan holds, that the Nevuas are said about Mashiach, unlike Shmuel, who says the only difference is Shibut Malchi is, the same is true, that the Nevuas are said about Bali Tshuva, but Sadikim are higher. Here again, we have a major problem. The Rambam quotes Rebchia Barabba in Hilchis Tshuva, that the Nevuas are about Mashiach, but he also says that B'makam Shabali Tshuva, I am the ancient Kimburim Yechaylam Lamait, in Hilchis Tshuva. One is in Pedic Zayim, one is in Pedic Ches. Again, an inherent paradox in Hilchis Tshuva itself. But according to this whole Sikha, it's understood. Because Rebchia Barabah, who says that Sadikim are greater than Bali Tshuva, is based on his opinion that even in the beginning of Mashiach, there's going to be the obliteration of Min Shalaylam. Like the Gemara says in Ksuvis, even in the beginning of Mashiach, there'll be a change of nature. Rebchia Barabah holds that the Nevuas that are set on Mashiach are right away in the beginning of Mashiach. And Takahi holds that Bali Tshuva are not as high as Sadiq. The Rambam holds in the beginning of Mashiach, like the Shit of Shmuel, that ain't been Elam Hazlam Aisam Mashiach, Elam Shibut Malchiz Bulvad, even though later there's going to be Tchiyas Amesim. So therefore, he has no problem with Rabchiyah Barabba at a later stage, but not in the beginning. So therefore, the Rambam is not following his path, and he could say that what? That Sadiqim are not greater than Bali Tshuva. The Rambam holds that Bali Tshuva are far greater than Sadiqim. We now come to the last stretch of the Sikhim. From Se'if Tezai until the end, is one last point that the Sikhim makes. And because of time constraints, I'm going to say this by heart. After everything said and done, there's still something missing. What is the explanation in this second era? If indeed we were right, that the whole uniqueness of Mashiach is to reveal that oilam kimin noyek, that the world the way it is, is a keli, is a conduit for the fulfillment and realization of Torah mitzvahs. That's the whole idea of Mashiach. So why is it that the Chazal and the Tanakh are introducing us to a second era where we're going to obliterate the nature of the world? What is the cause that's going to change everything? In other words, this seems to undermine the whole concept of Mashiach. If the emes is that the whole chiddush of Mashiach is, what? To reveal that the world itself, the world that God created, is a keli, is the canvas on which the art of Torah can become imprinted and formed. So, why do we talk about a second era? Isn't that undermining the whole idea here? That we say, no, there's going to be a second era where all of nature is going to be changed. And, and, and what's going to cause that? So you'll say, well, it says there's going to be Tchis HaMesim, and it says that there's going to, the barren trees are going to produce fruits, and it says that there won't be wild animals. 
So it says, but, but why does it say? What's the Havana in this? Why is this necessary to the plan? The plan of creation was, there should be a world, and that world should be a Torah world. So we now come to the last step. The Rambam has a letter called Igeris Tchiyas HaMesim. In Igeris Tchiyas HaMesim, the Rambam throws us a bombshell. And he says, I wrote in Mishnah Torah that the wolf living with the lamb is a metaphor. I just want to tell you what I wrote is not absolute. Maybe it's not a metaphor. Whoa. <laughs> That's what he says. In Igeris Tchiyas HaMesim, he says, what I wrote in Mishnah Torah is not absolute. Maybe it's a metaphor. Maybe it's not a metaphor. Maybe the wolf is really going to live with the lamb. Now that seems to undermine this whole sicha. The whole sicha was saying that the Rambam's point is that Mashiach's coming is not about miracles. It's about the fulfillment of Torah. To say that it's about miracles is really missing the whole point. The gather of Mashiach is to introduce Torah into a world the way it's Olam Kimin Hagoy Noyek. It's not a Chisorin. It's not like Mashiach Nebach can do it. That is Mashiach. That's why it's the fulfillment of Torah. It's the fulfillment of Maimed Har Sinai. God didn't make the world and make to, to make miracles. They didn't give Maimed Har Sinai for miracles. The Chiddush is that the Mashiach is going to be Mechadish. In a world that's going to be Kimin Hoginoyek, he's going to re- reveal a lakus. He's going to reveal Enoid Mulvadoy in the natural world. Suddenly, he's undermining everything we explained. He's saying, no, it actually may not be a metaphor. So the wolf will live with the lamb. So right when Mashiach comes, the world order is changing. If you say the Rambam is saying it like a chisarin, in other words, Mashiach doesn't have to make miracles. I mean, it would be nice if he does. <laughs> but even if he doesn't, we're going to let it pass. So then in the Geris Chiyas HaMesim, he's saying, you know what? Maybe Takel, maybe Takel will be miracles. I'm not sure. But wait what we explained earlier in the Sikha, Sifir Aleph, Sifir Beis, that the Rambam learns that you have to explain that the prophecies that are talking about Mashiach and his coming are not about because the gather, the key word here is the gather, the definition of Mashiach is to be able to integrate the blueprint of Torah into a world that is that is the definition and the contribution of Mashiach. Associating that with a miracle is actually undermining this vision. So we have here a big problem. The Rambam clearly doesn't agree with this. The Rambam clearly says that it's possible that Vigar Zevim Kevish is literal. So the Rebbe now says, let's, let's fine tune the explanation a little bit. There's a famous Gemara in Sanhedrin Sadiq Ches that poses a contradiction. The Pasuk says in, Yish, in Daniel, Varum and Anishmaya, we're going to go with clouds of heaven to Eretz the Pasuk in Sechariah says, Mashiach is going to come on a donkey. So he says, if we're Zoycha, if we merit, it's going to be with clouds of glory. If we don't merit, it's going to be Anivirach of Al-Khamar. Mashiach will be a poor man riding on a donkey. And the Gemara goes through different contradictions about Mashiach. 
And the Gemara says, this is the way to reconcile it. Zochu or loy zochu. If Jews are zoiche, it'll be clouds. If they're not zoiche, it'll be dunk. This means that the Gemara itself is saying that in the days of Mashiach, there's actually two possible paths. If the Jewish people are in a state of zochu, they have schus, they have a merit, or zochu, they're refined, then the very same realities can happen in a miraculous way. Instead of coming on a donkey, we go on the clouds. Instead of taking our cars or our airplanes, we go on the clouds. And this is one of the ways of reconciling, the Rebbe says, another major contradiction. There's a big argument. Who's going to build the third base HaMikdash? Rashi and Toisvis and Masech Tesukah and Masech Zoihar and other sources say the third base HaMikdash is already ready and it's going to emerge from heaven. The Yerushalmi and Megillah and the Medrash in other places says Mashiach is going to build the base HaMikdash and that's what the Rambam says. The Rambam says clearly in Hilchis Malachim chapter 11 Mashiach is building the base HaMikdash. Is this an argument? The Rebbe says no. The Gemara the Gemara's answer explains this. If it's going to be Zachu, the Beis HaMikdash will come down from heaven. If Loi Zachu, then human beings will build the Beis HaMikdash. Mashiach will lead the Beis HaMikdash's building. So it's not a contradiction. It depends if it's going to be Zachu or it's going to be Loi Zachu. The Rambam says Mashiach is going to build the Beis HaMikdash. Why? Just like the Rambam says that there won't be a change of nature when Mashiach comes. Because the Rambam is talking about the basics of halacha. This is a sefer of halacha. What does Jewish law say about Mashiach? So the Rambam gives us the essentials. Jewish law says there's going to be a time that the whole blueprint of Torah is going to be realized fully. That's called Mashiach. And that's why the Rambam puts this at the end of his whole sefer. We explained in the previous shiurim, in Simon Aleph of Dvar Malchus, Chelekut Ches Why does this at the end? Hilchus Malachim at the end? Because the Rambam is trying to say, this is the end goal, this is the grand final. That's the basic definition of Mashiach and Halacha. And this doesn't have to do with Zachu, Loi Zachu, even if the Jewish people are not in the highest state. This is what Halacha is saying, there's going to be a time that you believe we believe in, that the Torah is going to be realized fully. The Geula, coming through clouds, Mesh coming down from heaven. Jewish people being in a different level. Zachu. This is not a clear halacha. Everything is Bidei Shemaim, Chutzmiyur Shemaim. This is our choice. Every person has to make a choice. This the halacha doesn't talk about. So when the Rambam is describing the Geula in a way that is necessary according to halacha, independent whether it's going to be Zachu or Loi Zachu, the Rambam gives us the definition of Geula in halacha. And the Geula in halacha is not necessarily going to be any miracles. The world is going to emerge as a place without Shibud Malchias, as a place that fulfills Torah. Let's explain this a little deeper. The Rambam is not trying to tell us, Chas v'shalem, that the Jewish people are not going to be in a place of Zachu. And therefore we're not going to have all these miracles of the clouds or the Beis Hamidosh coming down. No. The Rambam, and we go back now again to the key issue here. The Rambam is trying to explain the gather of Mashiach. Maybe there's going to be amazing miracles. The Rambam himself says, maybe the wolf will live with the lamb. I have no issue. But it's not the gather of Mashiach. The Chiddush of Mashiach in Halacha, the way Torah looks at Mashiach is, 
that the blueprint of Maimed Har Sinai is going to come to full fruition. For this, you do not need to change the world. The world's nature. We don't need barren trees to produce fruits. We don't need the dead to be resurrected. Mashiach doesn't have to show miracles. doesn't even have to predict the future. The Chiddush of Mashiach is to show that the organic state of the universe is one that will ref- that reflects Torah and therefore it's going to reflect Torah. And he's going to achieve that in reality in the whole planet. For the Jews, in Eretz Yisrael, the Beis Hamidah, and ultimately for all the non-Jews. It's going to be a unified world. And that's connected precisely to a world that's Olam Kamin Hagai Noyeg, the world in which Torah is realized. The Torah doesn't say, build the Beis Hamikdash when miracles happen. Gather all the Jews to Eretz Yisrael when miracles happen. No, Mashiach will achieve this without miracles. If Jews are in a state of Zachu, Hashem is going to choose to show miracles. To show his love, to show his affection, to elevate the world even to a higher level. But that's going to be an extracurricular activity. The Rambam is not trying to say there won't be Zohu. No, there'll be Zohu, there'll be Zohu, and everything will be miraculous. That's what he says in his letter. Maybe the wolf will live with the lamb. Literally, have no problem. I we just explain, no, that undermines Mashiach. There's two Gedarim. Mitzah the Gedar of Mashiach in Halacha, it's not necessary. That's not the definition of Mashiach. The definition of Mashiach, the Munah of Mashiach is the MS of Torah Mitzvahs. That when I do a mitzvah today, I'm creating the world of Mashiach. I am the contractor. We are the contractors. Crafting, molding, sculpturing our physical landscape, our bodies, our environment, our universe, our homes, our families sculpturing it into a world that mirrors the vision of Maimed Har Sinai, the vision of Torah Mitzvahs. That's Mashiach. That's the halachic definition of Mashiach. Jews are in a state of Zachu, Gewaldik. The Rebbeinu Shalom is going to say, I want the wolf to literally live with the lamb by introducing a higher divine energy that defies the natural order. Adirabah! And it may happen the first day of Mashiach's coming, if Zahu, just like we'll go with clouds. But that doesn't describe the definition of Mashiach in Allah. That's why in Pedikid Aleph, Pedikid Beis, the Rambam doesn't speak about this. He's describing what Halacha is according to Mashiach. What Mashiach is according to Allah. I'll give just an example with Hanukkah. So Yeshua asks in Shabbos Chafalaf, why the oil had to burn for, why the oil have to burn eight days? Shtumuhutra Betzibur. You're allowed to, if, if most of the tzibah, if most of the kayanam atam made, you could do the karbonus and tumah. So he says, why'd they need it? Why'd they need this whole miracle? <laughs> so the oil was tameh. So there's different answers. The Yeshua says, you're right, Hashem wanted to show his love for the Jewish people. I don't want you to do the mitzvah haphazard. I want you to do the mitzvah in a perfect way. I want you to have pure oil, not tameh oil. So for eight days, the menorah was burning. It's a miracle, yeah. That's what I want. So that's what the Rebbe says here. When Jews are in a matzah of Zohu, Hashem is going to want to show the love of, of Klal Yisrael. And therefore, there'll be miracles. The same is true with the Beis HaMikdash. The Ramam says Mashiach builds the Beis HaMikdash. He doesn't say that Mashiach won't come down from, Beis HaMikdash won't come down from heaven. No! Halachically, that's the Binyan Beis HaMikdash. Torah wants Mashiach to build the Beis HaMikdash, but also the Mikdash is a chiyov on every Jew, we have to build the Beis HaMikdash. And since Mashiach is going to restore 
the world back to the vision of Torah, the Beis HaMikdash is going to be built. It's one of the mitzvahs. We don't build the Beis HaMikdash without Mashiach. When Mashiach comes, we build the Beis HaMikdash. And we bring the Karbonus. If it's going to be Zachu, there's going to be an additional element that in this Beis HaMikdash that we build, there's going to come down and be manifested the heavenly Beis HaMikdash. But that's not the definition of Allah. According to all of this, we now understand why the second era is a must. It's not just a voluntary, it's a must. Because since after Mashiach comes, anyway he comes, Zachu or Loi Zachu, the Jewish people won't have any oppressors. Everybody will be at peace with each other. So we won't have an oppressor outside so the Jewish people will go back to their organic state and they'll be immersed in Torah mitzvahs. And the whole world, even the nations, will be immersed in divine awareness. The world will be filled with the knowledge of God like water covers the sea. In other words, the greatest state of Zachu. So automatically it's going to bring the second era of Mashiach when nature will be suspended and there's going to be miracles, including Tchiz HaMesim. So in the end of Mishnah Torah, where the Ramam is describing the definition of Mashiach according to Allah, he's explaining the situation of the world of Olam Kimin Hagei because that's the definition of Mashiach. But in the letter of Tchiz HaMesim, he adds something, and this gives more insight into the Mishnah Torah, that what I wrote there is not absolute. Why? Because if the Jews are in a state of Zachu, so then, then, even when they're still in Galos, if they're in a state of Zachu, even when they're still in Galos, right when the Gula comes, there will already be a special revelation from Hashem, which will suspend nature, and already in the beginning, when they leave Galos and go with Mashiach, it's already going to be wondrous and miraculous. So according to this, we answer the question, why the need for a second era? Why mix in a second era? First era, Shibud Malchus is great. Because we explained, once there's Zachu, there's a whole different level. And once there's the first era of Mashiach, there's for sure going to be Zachu. So then it's going to usher in a second era, where the world is going to be elevated to a place that's beyond nature. But that's a second era, above and beyond the definition of Mashiach. But according to this, we also understand that if there is Zachu before that, so then already right in the beginning, Hashem may choose to bring the miracles. So therefore the wolf can live with the lamb even in the beginning. I and Mishnah Torah, the Raman doesn't mention that, he negates that, because the Raman Mishnah is describing what's the definition of Mashiach in Allah. definition of Mashiach in Allah is to bring the world that is to the world that can be according to nature based on the vision of Torah. But with a Zachu... Then, there's a whole new stuff can emerge. God, we go above our nature and God could suspend his nature and then already immediately, the Rambam says in the Geras Tchiyas HaMesim, the wolf can live with the lamb and Kimet says, Chimeretz Mitzrayim, Ar Enu Niflois, Rabbi Amenu, Amen. I do know a few big note, big footnotes that we did not have a chance to deal with. One is the story of Rabbi Shob and Hananya building the Beis HaMikdash and one is the story of... Uh, Bar Koichva, how the Rambam learns Bar Koichva and the Ravid learns Bar Koichva. These are long footnotes that really deserve a separate shear. Be'ezer Hashem Oid Chazoin Lamayed. I wish you all a wonderful day. Let me take a few questions if there are. Why do you ask about contradictions in the Rambam? People can change their minds. It's true, people can change their minds. 
but the Rambam redid his Sefer in a few versions. So generally, he should have changed it. Once he changed his mind, he should have went back and changed it in Hilchus Shuvah. The fact that he didn't mean, it seems to indicate, that even in the conclusion, you could reconcile Hilchus Shuvah and Hilchus Balachim. Is the Rambam saying that there's a potential Mashiach in every generation, and therefore, if Mashiach does these things, he's assumed to be Mashiach, and then if he's successful, he is certainly Mashiach. Yeah, well, listen... We await Mashiach's coming every day. That means this can happen every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Mashiach will make the world a tighter world, but there won't be any miracles. Is that possible? Isn't that the greatest miracle? It's the greatest miracle in the sense that the whole Torah will be a tighter world, but it's not a miracle in the sense that we have to split the sea or we have to defy the laws of gravity or we have to obliterate death. Or we need that the laws of botany should be transformed. You understand? The whole point is that the natural world organically embraces Torah. Let's talk about our personal lives. Can I live a life fully aligned with Torah and mitzvahs without changing my nature? The answer is yes. Do I have to fight my Sahara? Yeah. <laughs> Do I have to deal with my trauma? Yeah. Do I have to deal with my narcissism? Yeah. Do I have to deal with my toxicity? Yeah. Do you want me to enumerate all my problems? <laughs> I have to deal with it. But could I live a life aligned with it? Like the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, Perikidalit. Midas Abenani, Midas Kaladam, Vachra Kaladam, Yimshosha Kaladam, Yachali is Benim Kaladam. If I want, the next minute, can I be a Benani? The next hour, can I be a Benani? I may have negative thoughts, I may have temptations, but I could live up to the vision of Torah. I don't have to become a superman. You get it? It's true individually. It's true about me. It's true about you. It's true about him. It's true about her. Mashiach is going to inspire the whole world, beginning with the Jewish world, to live a life fully aligned with the blueprint of the Rebbe Nishalala. doesn't have to suspend nature. You don't have to split the sea. The sea is going to split, Gavaldic. Takin Nishaya Perikir Aleph, he speaks about the sea splitting. V'kolish v'hechrim Hashem es l'shon yad mitzrayim. Okay, that may be a metaphor according to the Rambam, because that's the same Perik in Yeshaya. We have to know what that metaphor is. He says to wait. Great question, great question. Individually, for me to live up to Torah, I don't have to change my nature. I don't have to become Superman. If yes, I'm undermining Matan Torah. Shulchan Aruch says I could live up to Torah, and I say I can't. Change my nature. God says, whoa, 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 whoa. I made you. Rabbi Waiwai, or Yankel, or David, or Shloyme, or Zlata, or Mindel, or Chaya, or Baruchol, or Motl. I made you. Kihu Yada Yitzreinu. And I'm giving you Torah. So you say, no, 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 no. The Torah was given to me when my nature is changed. When I become Superman, and when I'm completely cleansed, and when I become a Tzaddik, and when I have a soul like Moshe, then I'll keep Torah fully. What does that say? That's saying Torah is false. Chas v'shalom. Shem gave you Torah today. He gave me Torah today. And he says, you, the way you are today, with your nature, you could live a life of Torah. Saying otherwise is undermining the truth of Torah. Torah doesn't apply to the real world. It applies to a fictional world. It's contrary to the whole Torah. That's the Chiddush of the Sikh. Mashiach is the realization of this truth. Torah is for the real world, for the natural world. I could live up to Torah without changing my nature. The world can live a Torah world, a Torah life without changing its nature. Typhus. This is the definition. You're saying this itself is a miracle. Ain't a different type of miracle. 
a different type of miracle. It's an organic miracle. It's a miracle from within. When I go into a Jewish home on Shabbos and I see peace in the home, when I see a child sitting and learning olive bays, I see a Torah world. Good! That's Mashiach. That's Mashiach in the micro. And when that home is saturated with the Gula consciousness, you're right. And when the world is saturated, that's Mashiach. That's what Alter Rebbe says. It's going to say in the newspapers. How are we going to get the fake news outlets to broadcast this <laughs> this news of Mashiach? <laughs> Mashiach will have to figure it out. I don't understand. 85% of Jews today are not observant of Torah. There is still sinas chinam. There is still hatred. If Jews can't get along, what can we expect from non-Jews? So what's going on? All these rules are not being realized. The coming of Mashiach, you think is going to change any of this? How is he going to change all of this? It's a good question. The answer is, if Torah was alien to the universe, you're right. But the whole point here is that Torah is the blueprint of the Rebbeinu Shalaylam. It's the real design of the universe. The universe is built on Torah. The Medrash says that the Torah is the blueprint for the universe. So a world that reflects Torah is a world that just reflects its own blueprint. It's like fixing up a house to reflect its own blueprint, getting all the pipes in the right space. So it's really bringing back people to their own internal chemistry and nature. Like the Rambam says in Hilchus Gerish in chapter 2, that when you force a Jew to give a get, even if he says he doesn't want to, but Torah says that he has to, and you force him, and he says, I want to externally, it's a kosher get. It's not called coerced. Why? Why? You beat him. So the Rambam says, because it's what he really wants. His Yitzhahara hijacked him. He says, I don't want. He really wants. He's a Yid. Rambam says, The words of the Rambam. It's the Rambam. So when you force him and he says, I want, Torah says, that I want is authentic. Because that's what he really wants. Even though he's screaming, and later he's going to say, I really didn't want. I just said it because they, they, you know, they, they forced me to say it. Mashiach is going to bring out in every person their MS. And you're going to see this is the healthiest way to live. And you know what? We're seeing a lot of this today. <clears throat> maybe, I mean, you know, maybe this is a little bit, uh, a little bit gutsy to say, but I think it's true. It's very hard to find people today that run away from Torah mitzvahs from a place of complete serenity and health and happiness. We don't see that the Sahara. I don't see. There's always a trauma. There's a pain. There's something broken. So I'm like, I love my life. I love myself. I'm confident. And I hate Torah Mitzvahs. We don't see that the Sahara anymore. The abandonment of Torah Mitzvahs is coming from a place of brokenness. In other words, if I can only make you whole, you'll embrace Torah. And that's what Mashiach is going to reveal. And we see this happening now, I think. Weapons can be decorations. Look at the Sikh, the Sikh religion. They carry 
weapons, kirban, knives, swords. It's part of their everyday non-combative garb. That's the argument between the Beliezer and the Chachamim, Shabbos Samach Gimel. The Yemach Shemoynek Yasser Arafat spoke in the United Nations, and I remember he demanded to have his gun. You're not allowed to bring in a gun to the UN. He said this is part of the garment, it's part of the decorations, Fashtest. He also won a Nobel Peace Prize. Mashiach is the time, the Rambam says, all the Jewish people will return to Israel, follow all the commandments, they won't have interferences from the exterior world, no pressure, no oppression, no anti-Semitism. This is the same as now. Follow the commandment, but there is exterior pressure interfering with our doing so. If so, why did this not take place with Bar Kaichva? Why was he engaged in a war? There was a diaspora, there was a Jewish population, varying adherents, but that was not part of the report of that time, evaluating Bar Kaichva's success or not. Does Mashiach have to be successful as a military leader? Which is the determining factor? Great question, Jeffrey. And the answer is, if you'll read the Rambam, Hilchis Malachim, chapter 11, the Rambam makes it very, very clear. The Rambam says that Mashiach needs to be immersed in Torah, influence the whole Jewish world to follow Torah, and fight the wars of God, which we understand will remove the oppression. If he's successful and he's triumphant, and he builds the base of Mikdash, and he brings the Jews back to Eretz Yisrael, he's certainly Mashiach, and he will fix the whole world. Bar Koichva started the process. He engaged in war against Rome. Rome was oppressing the Jewish people in unbearable ways. Massacres, torture, crucifixions, selling survivors into slavery where their lives were completely subjugated. Of course, destroying the Besamekdash, burning Jerusalem, murdering hundreds of thousands, not millions of Jews. You could read Josephus about it. Bar Koichva, 60 years after the destruction of the second Besamekdash, second Besamekdash was destroyed in 70. Bar Koichva's revolt is around 132. It continues for two and a half to three years, approximately, till around 135. 135, Rome completely cuts down the rebellion. Bar Koichva is killed. And hundreds of thousands of Jews, they estimate Roman history of more than 500,000 Jews murdered by Beta and around the area. Bakiva was ultimately murdered by Rome. But he began waging war. You know that people used to deny Bar Kaifa's reality and in the last few decades, archaeological excavations in Israel produced letters of Bar Kaifa, letters that he wrote. I've seen. You go to the museums over there. You could see. You could see. You could see it on the web. He he sends a letter. He asks that they should deliver the four minim for Sukkot on Esrig and Lulav Hadas and for his soldiers and his soldiers. I think in Ein Gedi. Letters of Barkaych for Shimon Shimon Ben Kuziva. You, you could read them literally. It, it's it, it's decipherable. Original letters from Barkaych and there's the coin that he minted. He fought, he was very successful. There's even, there's even some who say that he started to rebuild the third base of Mikdash. Obviously, he didn't materialize, he was killed. But they saw the process. He's fighting the wars, and he was winning. Barkaycho was winning. He obliterated, I think, two, one or two complete Roman legions, which was unheard of in the history of Rome. He was unbelievably successful. In fact, he liberated Jerusalem for a while. So they looked at Barkaycho, they said, this is it. 
He was an, apparently a frumayid, Isaac Batayra, mitzvahs. He's fighting the wars. He didn't yet finish building the base of Mikdash. He didn't bring all the Jews back to Israel, but they saw it happening. So Rabbi Akiva believed he is Melech HaMashiach. He was sent by God to liberate the Jewish people. He is the man. And he didn't need to ask him for miracles. The Ravid disagrees with the Rambam. It's a whole separate discussion. The Ravid says they did want a miracle from him. But the Rambam clearly holds not. Lepoil, he was killed. Akiva was killed. He was killed. The rebellion was cut down. Of course, there was no base Hamater. Jews didn't come back to Israel. There was no peace. Roman oppression continued. So obviously, it didn't turn out to be Mashiach. But the Rambam doesn't say they all made a mistake. Because if the Rambam would believe they all made a mistake, then how could you prove from there that the, that there were no, that you don't need miracles? Maybe that was their mistake. They should have asked for miracles. The Rambam holds that they looked at Bar Kaichva and from a halachic perspective, they had room to believe that this is indeed Mashiach. And he says it just didn't work out because of sins. What about Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David? It's a whole separate sugya. <laughs> It's a whole separate sugya. Obviously, according to the Ram, it's not part of the halacha of Mashiach, and therefore he doesn't mention it here. It's a whole separate sugya. It's not for now. Yeah, you can ask. Yeah, the Rambam says Mashiach will build the Beis HaMikdash. Rashi and Tois for Sukkadath Memalaf and Rosh Hashanah Lamed say the Beis HaMikdash is going to come down from heaven. It's an interesting sugya over there. So the Rebbe says, one is Zachu, one is Loi Zachu. If Loi Zachu, Mashiach will build, if Zachu will come down from heaven. Later he explains deeper, that even Mashiach will build the Beis HaMikdash, because that's the mitzvah according to Halacha. But if it's a state of Zachu, it's going to be a different Beis HaMikdash. It's going to be a heavenly Beis HaMikdash that will be manifested and will shine through the earthly Beis HaMikdash, so the two will be fused together. Question, if Mashiach is that the world itself, Beteva, will work with Torah mitzvahs. So why do we need the matzav of Zachu or the second kufa to be above nature? What's the advantage of going above nature? The world itself is a beautiful place. Excellent question. Excellent question. But there's no question that Teva is Tzimtzum. Teva is the way the divine energy is condensed and compressed in a form and a mold that is dictated by the laws of nature, which is a particular limited perception of the universe. If you're familiar a little bit with the world of quantum physics, you know (laughs) that nothing is fixed without observation of the human being, and our observation of reality defines a fixed reality, which we call nature. On a quantum level, you talk about probability. Something could be here and there simultaneously. Schrodinger's cat is dead and alive. Light is a particle and a wave. Simultaneously. You can't talk about fixed models. What does this mean? I'm just giving an example that even in deeper levels of physics... You're talking about a, a, a universe that is beyond nature. So as the doors of perception are cleansed and the world is elevated to a higher space, then nature doesn't become a fixed reality anymore. Because when we see that the whole world is divine consciousness, so then nature and miracles are fused. The Gemara says, Rabbi Hanina ben Daisa said, Misha Amar Lashem and V'yadlik, The one who said that oil should burn, could tell vinegar to burn. So the Alter Rebbe says the words are Misha Omar. The reason that vinegar can't burn and oil can burn, 
There was no money to buy a Shabbos candle. And his daughter wanted to light Shabbos candles. It was vinegar instead of oil. She was crying. So Reb Chenin said, whoever told the oil to burn will tell the vinegar to burn. So Alter Rebbe says, why Misha Omar? He could have said, God will make the vinegar burn. Because the chemistry of oil is made up of Omar. The DNA, the, the spiritual divine DNA, Asura Mamoris, the letters of Shin Mem Nun, capture the divine chemistry that constitutes the chemistry and makeup of oil that allows it to burn. Chaimetz vinegar has a different chemistry. That's why it has a different name and has a different channel of divine energy. Misha Omar, the same one who is the author of this sequence of spiritual DNA, he could be the author of a different sequence. If you relate to the divine level of reality, the letters can be changed, and then you can have vinegar burn. So a nest represents a higher level of reality, where we're in touch clearly with the inner divine energy, so therefore teva is just one manifestation of reality, and there could be nisim as well. You change your mind, and you change your find. In physics, Max Planck once said that matter, we used to think consciousness is a derivative of matter. Today we know that matter is a derivative of consciousness. You understand? We used to think consciousness is the derivative of matter. Matter exists. And that's why I experience it in a certain way. He says today it's the opposite. Matter is a derivative of consciousness. Because I think it exists, it exists. My perception of it is what defines it. If I would have microscopic eyes, if I would have spiritual eyes, if I would have deeper eyes... I would see something else in matter. It would be something else. So that's the idea that Teva is amazing. And the first task of Mashiach is to reveal, How do you know there's a world? Teva is the realization of Teva. Then there's a deeper state of reality. That's Zochel. Zochel also comes from the word Zach, refinement. The Rebbe once explained in a sicha that zochu doesn't only mean merits. It really means zochu when our eyes are refined, when our nature is refined. When the world is refined, then we're not fixed in Teva anymore. It's a different world. It's a world of infinity. So therefore Teva and Nes are fused. So that's why we're explaining that the definition of Mashiach and Allah is all about Teva. But then there is the Zachu, which will allow the world to be elevated to a higher space. And that's the second stage of Mashiach, which includes Tchiyas HaMesim. And that's why the Ramam says in Igeris Tchiyas HaMesim, perhaps even in the beginning there will already be that. If there's Zachu, there can be that. No, the Rambam says that Mashiach is not going to do a Chiddush in my Sibiratius. The Rambam says it. I, there's going to be Tchiyas HaMesim, resurrection of the dead. That's pretty miraculous. At least the way we see it now. Some people are saying already that soon science will figure out how to, uh, how to resurrect the dead with the DNA. But, uh, <laughs> but, but Tchiyas HaMesim is a substical mess. So that's what he's explaining. That there's two Tkufis in Mashiach. There's error number one, which mirrors the essential definition of Mashiach in Alocha. And then there's Miliyu number two, the second error of Mashiach, which reflects what Hashem is going to choose to bring the world to a much higher and more elevated state. I wish you all a wonderful day. Tomorrow morning, seven, tomorrow morning, 7.30 a.m., we're going to continue our Maimer on Parsha Shlach, 
Maimer Shabbos Parshas Shlach Tovshin Tesvav. It's a Maimer from the Lubavitcher Rebbe explaining the deeper conflict between the Miraglim and Yeshua and Kalev about the, 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 the conflict between our mind and our heart in life. That's tomorrow morning, 7.30 New York time. New York, New York time, Eastern time on theyeshiva.net. T-H-E-Y-E-S-H-I-V-A dot net. That's tomorrow morning, Monday. It's Tuesday morning, 9.45 p.m. We're going to learn Parsha Shear. Everybody is invited as well, also on the yeshiva.net. And Be'ezer Hashem, this Shear will again continue next week, continuing learning Rambam Hilchis Malachim, the Halachis of Mashiach and the Geula. May we experience it in our own life and in the whole world. Bimheira Amenu. Take it for me, Yad Mamish. Amen, Ken Yehi Have a beautiful day. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.